Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Johnson Wealth and Income Management is a franchisee of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities. What kind of a retirement plan allows millions of people to lose 30 to 50% of their life savings just as they near retirement? It's a society based on freedom and choice and personal responsibility. There are no guarantees. It's important that people deal with someone to make sure to provide lifetime income. Lifetime income. And now to our story. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store and brought to you by Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Now, here's this week's Capitalized Life and Retirement program with your host, Matthew Johnson. What goes up must come down. Spinning wheel got to go. And welcome to this episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. Well, let me ask you, let's do a bit of a throwback in time. Do you remember the singer David Clayton Thomas? Maybe his band Blood, Sweat and Tears? Do you remember that song, Spinning Wheel? What goes up must come down. Spinning wheel got to go round. Talking about your troubles is a crying sin. Ride a painted pony. Let the spinning wheel spin. Well, doesn't that kind of feel the way that we are today? Like we keep going up and down on this painted pony. We keep going around and around. And some of us, we're so sick of going around and around. We're almost getting sick. We're almost getting ill. We want off this ride, right? Well, today we're going to be discussing the up and the down of what we have been experiencing and what we are likely to be experiencing in the future. And hopefully I can give you maybe some things that will help calm your anxiety and your nerves, but also be able to give you some understanding of what's going on and really more importantly, why. Now, before we get into today's episode, I really want to encourage you If you're getting closer to retirement and you're just really starting to become more acute to what it takes to retire and how to retire and how to do it properly, if you're the person who likes to become educated in how to do things the right way, and you really take stock in making certain that when you retire, it's something that you've done correctly so that you can stay retired and you can do all the wonderful things that you aspire to do in retirement. I'm going to encourage you, go to www.theretirementincomestore.com. The Retirement Income Store is a most valuable resource for you. It is a safe and non-threatening place that you can go in the privacy of your own home online and you can learn about how to retire and retire comfortably 
by investing for income. It helps you understand a world that's not talked about very much today, but yet a world that is absolutely crucial to retirement success. You know, the people that are successful in retirement are the people that have income. But remember that there's two ways to create income in retirement. There's the right way and there's the wrong way. And we want to know if we're doing it the right way. We want to know what it takes to retire. And if we can, we want to know what the best strategies and the best approach is. And that's what the Retirement Income Store does. It helps to provide you some education to be able to understand what those things are so that you can look at your own investment strategies, you can look at your own resources, your own plan. And if you don't have a plan, you can develop one. And if you have strategies, you can identify whether those are still the best strategies going forward for you. Boy, I tell you what, David Clayton Thomas, he is still the pride of Toronto to this very day. Did you know that in Woodstock, he actually outsold the Beatles in Abbey Road? It's just absolutely amazing, that song. And, you know, he seemed so very poetic. And isn't that the way that music can be? But when it comes to the economy and what's going on in the world around us, it does. It feels like we're on a merry-go-round. We're just going up. We're going down. We're going up. We're going down. And we're getting really, really weary of being on this ride. Well, recently, the Federal Reserve has come out and they have said that they're openly discussing as many as seven different rate increases for 2022. Seven. And this one absolutely blows the mind of investors. You know, when we think about rate increases, rate increases are very scary to us as investors. Because every time we hear about rate increases, all of a sudden our minds start to claw back in time to 2018 where we experience not one or two, but four different rate increases. And unfortunately, those rate increases provoked a very large sell-off in the stock market. It provoked what we now in history refer to as the taper tantrum. This is where you know investors start to throw themselves in the cereal aisle of the grocery store and kick and scream that they want the tutti-frutti's. And mom is saying, absolutely no. The S&P 500 in 2018, basically in about three months, lost over 18%, nearly 20% of a sell-off. And you see, rate increases can have that kind of a side effect. And that's what I think so many investors are afraid of. And when they know history, when they know that that was only four rate increases in 2018, and then all of a sudden they look at 2022 and they say, gosh, we're only four years into this, and now you guys are planning on seven of them? That just scares us half to death. Because we're thinking, well, that must mean we could probably experience a 25, a 30, a 35% sell-off. And you know what? Just two years ago in 2020, we already experienced nearly a 40% sell-off just because of COVID-19. What we need to understand is that the Federal Reserve these proclamations of rate increases, they're really what I would refer to as test balloons, okay? You see, by having them come out and share with all of us what they're contemplating, their comments stimulate feedback for the Federal Reserve. 
And it's not feedback just from the government. It's feedback from government. It's feedback from investors. It's feedback from bankers. It's feedback from all various sources. And at the same time, this allows us, when they make these proclamations, to really have an opportunity to digest what they're saying and to develop a plan for what comes next. You see, we need to understand kind of the why. We need to understand why they're doing what they're doing. I know that there's all sorts of talking heads out there that try to explain it, but it's really super simple. I want you to think about the Federal Reserve driving the economic car, okay? In order to get the car moving faster, that economic car needs more gas. And how do they give it more gas? They push down on the gas pedal. Pushing down on the gas pedal is the effective way of lowering interest rates. By lowering interest rates, what they're doing is they're loosening up money supply. They're making more money available and they're making it easier to get to. They're making it easier to access. You see, if interest rates are at, say, 2%, for instance, or 2.5%, you're going to do more things. You're going to spring for building the addition onto the house or the deck. You're going to maybe even build a new house at 2%. You're going to go buy the new car. You're going to invest in your business or you're going to invest in your farming operation. You see, this is what they do in order to get us incentivized to spend more money. They make it cheaper and easier for us to get at the money. Now, the problem is, is that that car, once it's been given gas, keeps going and going, and it gets faster and faster and faster. And before long, it can begin to overheat. Before long, it's pushing along so quickly, so fast, that it becomes dangerous. Now, I don't have to bring it up to you. If you're over the age of, say, 50, you know what the 1980s and the 1990s was like. I have a lot of clients who are farmers, and farmers even to this very day still kind of have a very bitter taste in their mouth because they make the comment, you know, when I didn't have any money, I had to pay 18% on a mortgage on land notes. And now that I've got the money, I'm getting paid 0.05% at the bank. (laughs) Feels like the world is working against us, right? But we have to understand that we don't want hyperinflation. We don't want the economy, the economic car to be going too dangerously fast. Because if that happens, now we enter not just a time of inflation, we enter a time of hyperinflation. And we do not want that. So what about the other pedal that the Federal Reserve has? You see, the other pedal is the proverbial brake pedal. And what do they do with that brake pedal? They push on the brake pedal. And what that does is that raises interest rates. It raises interest rates because... It's now going to cool the economy. Let me ask you, are you as apt to get a loan to build a new house at 2% or at 8%? Well, obviously at 2%, right? Would you really consider building a new house right now if interest rates were at 8%? Probably not. My hunch is that you would probably second guess that. And you see, that's the point. When they raise interest rates, what they're doing is they're shrinking the money supply and they're creating a bit of a deterrent between you and borrowing the money from the bank. Because what this does is this slows down on the demand. 
Now, if you understand why we've been going through what we've been going through with the inflation factor, I'd like to say that the feds are doing an okay job. I mean, I would not want the job of Jerome Powell, the head of the fed. This dude is walking very thin ice. He's trying to thread a very tiny needle and he's trying to do it without creating either a recession or a taper tantrum on either side is basically just a giant drop off. And he's having to walk this very, very tight little rope between those two sides, those two bad things. But you see what they're doing is they're providing us these proclamations to understand that, Hey, we're going to have to do something because if we don't, it's going to get worse. So this is a prime opportunity for you to consider what you're going to do and to consider what's going to be happening in the future. You see, we're in a position today where the economy has sustained massive setbacks, and yet we are a resilient bunch. The market has sprung back, but yet we look at what it's costing us and we're saying, you got to get involved, government. You got to get involved. But the only side of this equation that the government's getting involved in is the demand side. They're trying to control prices through shrinking demand when the real problem is the supply side. If we could get the people back to the docks working in the ports, if we could get people back to work, it would help with the supply side. But because of mandates and all the things that have gone on, and are still going on to this day, we're in a supply crunch. There's not as many material goods that are being created because there's not as much skilled labor. We need to continue this dialogue and understand what's going on. But most importantly, we need to identify how it's going to affect you, your retirement assets, your investments, and what you're going to do about it and how you can make the best of what is likely to happen. So if you're thinking... You know, that really does make sense. Or if you have questions about today's discussion, call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you and we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out. Again, that's 866-290-3837. Sit tight. We'll be right back. Have you missed any of today's program? No problem. You can hear all of our shows online anytime, 24-7 at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. Time now for more of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. And welcome back to this second half of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. Well, what goes up must come down. Spinning wheel got to go round. Talking about your troubles is a cry in sin. 
Ride a painted pony, let the spinning wheels spin. Blood, sweat, and tears was the band. And today we're talking about the economy, and most importantly, we're talking about how what the Federal Reserve is about to do is going to affect you. We really identified in the first half of our program that when the Federal Reserve is discussing raising interest rates, they're doing it because they don't want to see this economy go into hyperinflation. Yet at the same time, they know that raising interest rates can throw an economy back into recession territory, and they don't want that either. So they're having to walk a very thin rope. And each time they declare that they're going to raise interest rates three times, four times, or seven, like what they're saying for 2022, it spooks the market. That's the reason we've been seeing the kind of jostling in the stock market that we've been seeing. That's why if you've been watching your accounts, you've been seeing the up and the down, and you're starting to wonder, is this going to be another taper tantrum of 2018 where the stock market sheds nearly 20%. Well, I don't know, but it is likely that the feds are going to raise interest rates. It is very likely because they're looking at their dot plot and they're realizing that if they don't do something, it's not going to get any better. And yet what they're doing in raising interest rates is only trying to cool demand. Demand is not the problem. It's the supply side that they have to get involved in. Though I believe that much of what we're seeing today economically is from a lack of investment. And when I say that, I'm saying, you see, we have to invest in infrastructure. We have to invest in skilled labor. We have to invest in technology. And oftentimes, I think countries and economies, if they're doing well, if they're big like ours, they can start to kind of take it for granted that they don't have to invest in economic infrastructure. And that's kind of sort of what we've done. And now it's catching up with us. The demand has exploded and we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the space. Have you ever seen one of those small business owners that maybe you see something on the news about them and they invent something and they didn't really realize that what they just invented was going to go over so well with the market and all of a sudden they got so so many tremendous orders that they just didn't have the ability of being able to create it fast enough? Well, that's kind of the same thing that we're going through right now. You see, if we don't invest in skilled labor training, if we don't invest in technology infrastructure, if we don't invest in the things that we need to invest in as a government and as a country, when the demand has come, we're going to be really sucking wind. We're going to be behind. And so that's part of the reason why we're seeing what we're seeing. It's a lack of investment in various areas of our economy. I believe intervention by the Federal Reserve has to not only apply to raising interest rates to slow the demand, but we've got to be able to incentivize workers to get back to work. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I believe that this is going to require a lot of input from the society to employers. I believe that employers are going to need to, well, they're going to have to pay higher wages. They're going to have to be able to incentivize workers back into the workforce. They're going to have to clean up their act and provide better benefits. But what do we do in the interim of time? Because this is a very elongated problem. 
we have to look at our own personal investments. And we need to decide if we do end up having another taper tantrum and the stock market decides to start kicking and screaming in the cereal aisle for the tutti fruities, what are we going to do about it? Well, the first thing is, is that we need to be able to be proactive and not just wait for it to happen. We need to start looking at our investments today and determining how much of a risk we're taking on. There is no question that since the sell-off of 2020, the market has been stimulated to world record highs. And there's no question in my mind that most investors today, retirees or pre-retirees, are feeling very flush with cash. In other words, flush with investment value. And they're saying, you know what? Man, this has been a good time. I've, I've seen tremendous growth. Okay, but you know that that's not going to last forever. So what are you doing to protect the growth and the winnings? This is where you have to start really diligently deciding whether or not you're going to take and start pulling some of those chips off the table and putting them in your pocket. Remember, Wall Street has taught us and conditioned us for years to buy low and to sell when. So if the when is now, why aren't we doing that? And the answer is because it's hard. It's hard to walk away, but it should not be. You see, we need to constantly understand that part of our money needs to be risk on. It needs to be growth oriented. But when we've gotten growth so disproportionately, as we have seen over the course of the last, say, 16 to 18 months, we need to learn when enough is enough and we need to now rebalance. Now, the question for most investors is, well, what do I do with it? Because if it's not in the stock market, well, it's just going to be in cash. It's going to be in treasury. It's not going to grow. And this is where we have to start thinking about the next rotation. You see, when we see the Federal Reserve doing what they're about to do, there is typically a great rotation. And when interest rates go up, fixed income instruments like individually held corporate bonds and preferred stocks and business development companies and exchange traded debt notes, those types of fixed income instruments begin to decline. They begin to shrink in value. Now, let me ask you something. When you go uptown to buy anything, I don't care if it's a new automobile. I don't care if it's an article of clothing, a purse, a pair of shoes. Do you like to buy those things when they're full retail or do you like to buy those things when they're on sale? On sale, of course. So this is my point. If we truly understand that when you buy a stock, you're buying a stock hoping that your crystal ball is correct. When you buy fixed income, fixed income is all about the math. So let me give you an example. Let's say that no one's ever taught you about a bond, so you're going to get your first bond lesson here. Let's say that you buy a bond. When you buy a bond and you buy it individually, the way I like my clients to own them, you have something called par value. Now, a bond is a contract. And you see, that bond is going to start its life at $1,000 and it's going to end its life at $1,000. Bonds mature. Okay, then it'll go on forever. And so let's say we buy this bond at $1,000. The next component of a bond is the coupon. Now, that coupon has an interest rate. Let's say it's 5%. Well, what's 5% times 1,000? Well, 5% times 1,000 is 50. So this means that we know that if we buy this bond at $1,000, which is par value, 
we know that that par value of $1,000 is fixed. It does not change. It does not vary. We know that the interest rate or the coupon on this bond is fixed. It does not change. It does not vary. That means that the amount of interest income that I make off from the bond is fixed. It does not change. It does not vary. Now, what does this mean? It means that if I buy the bond at $1,000 and there's volatility in the stock market, there's volatility in the bond market, and my bond goes down in value. Let's say it goes down to $800. It's down by 20%. Who really cares? You heard me. Who really cares? Because if you hold that bond to maturity, when that bond matures, you're going to get your money back. You're going to get back par value. You're going to get made back whole. Now, let me flip this around. Let's say that the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates. And let's say that raising interest rates takes bond prices and pushes them down. And now you have someone like myself, a fiduciary, someone who specializes in fixed income, someone who is able to work for you to your advantage And we're able to buy that bond at $800. Now, I want you to think about this mathematically. You see, remember in the first example, the fixed interest rate of 5% didn't change. And that 5% was always fixed on par, which is $1,000. And that never changes. So that means that if I buy this bond at $800, I'm still going to be getting my $50 of interest income. But if you take your calculator out right now, take out your smartphone and you divide $50 of interest into $800, which is what you paid for the bond, guess what you're going to find? Your net effective yield is no longer 5%. It is 6.25%. Now, let me ask you, what if all of your investments every single year could perform or return back to you? Six and a quarter percent. Would that not be the coolest thing since sliced bread? You see, this is the reason why people invest in fixed income. But it gets better. Because now I want you to consider the end game. Remember, I said just a minute ago, bonds don't go on forever. Bonds mature. And remember, in my example, I said the bond started its life at $1,000 and it ends its life at $1,000. It matures at $1,000. Well, let me ask you. If you bought the bond for 800, but the bond matures for a thousand, did you not just make a 25% capital gain? You see, we have to understand that there is no single perfect investment, but there is investments that are something that can be an advantage to us at the right time if we know when that is. And as we start to get into this area in which the Federal Reserve is starting to take and increase interest rates, not only is it going to increase the volatility on your stock market portfolio, where you're going to be the proverbial duck that's going up or down, but underneath, no one sees you paddling like mad. Why be that when instead you can just use math to your advantage? You see, this is becoming a buyer's opportunity. And there's three reasons why people invest in fixed income. Reason number one is they want income and income is the number one key to the kingdom of you having the retirement that you want. But number two, they want to grow their money faster. You see, if I own stocks, I can own either 
stocks that don't pay me a dividend or stocks that do. People say, well, I don't want to ever get rid of the stock. Then if you would focus on the stocks that pay you a dividend, you'll have the income so you don't ever have to sell it and you can experience the appreciation from year to year to year. So as we look back and we see volatility and the volatility that comes as a result of the Fed's raising interest rates, I'm going to ask you to do one thing. Be ready. Be ready. Take advantage of this. This is a buyer's opportunity. This is an opportunity for you to take your winnings off the table. Capitalize on a new opportunity that's starting as the rotation and starts to take into effect as a result of what the Feds are doing. And if no one has ever shown you the benefit of fixed income investing and investing for income, even in equities, do yourself a favor and become educated today. Here's my offer to you. I will be willing to take a few minutes out of my day to have a discussion with you about how fixed income may indeed help you on your road to success in retirement. Just give my office a call. The telephone number is toll-free, 866 866- 2903837. Well, that's a wrap. I'm out of time. My name is Matthew Johnson, and I hope I was able to bring some value to you today. And remember, it is up to you to make today a great day. Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866 290 3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson.